0: You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you. We've got an important question to answer today on the podcast, a challenging question to answer, and that is, how can the Buffalo Bills beat the Kansas City Chiefs? The mission is clear. If the Bills are going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, they're going to have to knock off the Kansas City Chiefs. No, they're not a divisional opponent, and winning the division is still critical. But if the Bills are going to play in that final game of the year, they're probably going to have to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And you can't just hope to play your best game of the year and for Kansas City to play their B game to beat them. You got to have a plan. You have to make decisions, roster construction decisions, that position your team to be able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills are going to play Kansas City at least once next year in the regular season, probably again in the playoffs. There has to be a plan, and I'm going to outline that plan, at least in my mind, what makes sense here on today's podcast. We'll talk about ideas and strategies offensively, Then we'll talk ideas and strategies defensively, and then I'm going to do a comparison of the Buccaneers personnel on defense and what the Bills have to kind of gauge what opportunities the Bills have with their current personnel and what ingredients Tampa Bay has or had in place in the Super Bowl to shut down the Chiefs. The first thing that I want to say has nothing to do with offense or defense. It's about mindset and mentality and confidence. Yes, the Bills are looking up at the Kansas City Chiefs, but they aren't Goliath. And the Bills aren't David. You have to believe you belong. You have to believe you're capable of beating that football team. Because if not, you're just not going to play free, you're not going to play loose, you're going to play tight, you're going to think you have to be perfect, and you're not going to have much success. I go back to that long stretch of dominance by the Patriots in the AFC East and specifically over the Buffalo Bills. And I remember each time the Bills would have to play New England I was nervous and I would think to myself, my gosh, the Bills have to be perfect today. They can't make any mistakes. They have to create some big plays. They need some variance. They need some turnovers. They need a miscellaneous touchdown. They need something that can help them close the gap over a football team that they struggled with. And you're pressing and you're nervous, and you, you kind of, the messaging from the coaching staff and the players was, yeah, you know, we're really going to have to play our best game of the year. Which I think is an important mentality to embrace every single week, but I don't think you can make it bigger than it needs to be. Go play the game. Go do you. Go be you. The Bills were 13-3. and They scored more points than the Chiefs last year. Just go play your game. Go do what you do. You start getting wacky and funky and out of sorts when you feel like you have to do too much especially when Josh Allen's your quarterback. And the first time the Bills played the Chiefs in 2020, they wanted to be aggressive in the passing game, but then it felt like they went back to the run, the weather was bad, and they were chasing their tail all game. Then in the conference championship game, it felt like the Bills said, All right, Josh Allen, you're an MVP candidate. Go win the game for us. We need you to do everything. And I don't know that in either case, it was the right plan. And I'm going to talk more specifically about that as we get into offense and defense. But the opening idea and thought that I want to deliver here today is there's a mindset and mentality that has to be in place that Embraces confidence that you can beat the team, that you believe you belong on the field with them, and that they aren't Goliath. Yeah, you have to play well, but you have to play well every week in the NFL. You just can't go into this thing thinking you have to be perfect because then you press and you don't play well at all. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL seasons are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use our promo code locked bet BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now let's get specific. We'll start with offense, the Bills offense against the Kansas City defense. Somewhat continuing on what I said in the opening segment, the first thing that I want to say about the Bills offense is that I think the worst idea you can have matching up with the Kansas City Chiefs, is embracing a shootout and going into the game saying, yep, we're going to have to score 40-plus points to win this game. And so because of that, we have to play a certain style of football that we think is track meet style and gets us to 35, 40, 45 points. That, that shouldn't be your plan. You should recognize that You probably are going to need to score a fair amount of points to win the game, but don't go into this thing saying, yep, it's going to be a track meet and buckle up because we need to go throw for throw, you know, point for point, and match this football team. So as we get out of the kind of mentality mindset discussion and into some more specific things, you can't go into it saying, yep, it's going to be a shootout, that's what we expect, And, um, you know, we have to score 40-plus points to win. So number one, the first thing I have written down is take profits in the passing game. Take profits in the passing game. You don't have to go out there and set the tone by launching the football way down the field and trying to build a lead quickly on Kansas City. First of all, they've proven time and time again they can erase leads very quickly. You saw that firsthand in the AFC Championship game, the playoff game last year against Houston, where I think they were up like 28-3 to before you can blink. The next thing you know, know, Kansas City has the lead. You don't have to go out there and try to score fast and, and produce explosive plays. Because here's the thing about throws down the field. No matter how good your quarterback is in terms of the deep ball, no matter how explosive your receivers are, they're still low percentage plays. Your plan cannot be throws down the field and try to set the tone in the track meet. You have to be willing to take profits in the passing game. Every single defense gives you something. Figure out what that is and take it. Sure, you're going to mix in some vertical shots and different things, play action, you know, all of that's going to come into it. But take profits. Be more than willing to take what the defense gives you. Tom Brady in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs had one completion where his man was 20 yards or more down the field. He had two completions between 10 and 20 yards down the field in terms of where his man was targeted, and 18 of his 21 completions in the Super Bowl win over Kansas City were within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. I repeat, 18 of his 21 completions were within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. And this is a Bruce Arians vertical passing game game That is no risk it, no biscuit. Tom Brady had the highest frequency of deep balls in the NFL all year long. But for the Kansas City game, they adjusted and they were willing to take profits and methodically eat away at the defense and not be reliant on the big play down the field. If you're going to have success against Kansas City offensively, it's going to come by taking profits in the passing game and not trying to do more than what is required. Take what the defense gives you. When you look at the Kansas City Chiefs' season that they had, they played a lot of tight games. You guys will probably remember that discussion that I had previewing the AFC Championship game and how, you know, really down the stretch, everything was a tight one-score game for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's not like they're playing these dynamic quarterbacks. We're talking about Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr, Drew Locke, you know, Tua Tungvaloa, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan. None of those quarterbacks that I just mentioned are guys that are always looking to throw the ball way down the field. And as a matter of fact, they're more risk-averse type players. Drew Locke, probably an exception. But Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr, you know, <laughs> Tua, Drew Brees at this stage in his career, Matt Ryan at this stage in his career, very much quarterbacks that are willing to take what the defense gives them. And all of those games, they were wins by the Kansas City Chiefs, but they were tight. You know, three points against Carolina, four points against the Raiders, three points against Tampa Bay, uh, looks like eight against Denver, a one-touchdown win over Miami, three-point win over New Orleans, three-point win over Atlanta. It's because all of those quarterbacks are kind of risk-averse and are more than willing to take profits. Now, again, we're talking just about the Chiefs here. Most of the time, the ingredients of being aggressive in the passing game is a good idea. We're talking about the Chiefs here. What the Bills have to do to adjust their mentality, mindset, scheme, plan to have better success against Kansas City. So take profits in the passing game. Number two, and this pains me a little, all right, but rushing success against the Kansas City Chiefs matters. Yeah, I'm being intellectually honest with you. I think you have to be able to run the football successfully against Kansas City. I want to go back to the last five football games that the Kansas City Chiefs lost that matter. So they wound up losing three total games in 2020. One of them was in Week 17 against the Chargers where... Patrick Mahomes didn't play, and they were resting most of their players. They lost uh, four games in 2019, but one of those games was in week eight against Green Bay when Patrick Mahomes was hurt and Matt Moore started the football game. So I'm talking about their last five competitive games that they lost with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback over the last two seasons. So week five against the Raiders this year, the Super Bowl loss to Tampa Bay this year, and then in 2019, Week 5 against Indianapolis, Week 6 against Houston, and Week 10 against Tennessee. Wait until you hear the rushing success that those teams had in victories over Kansas City. 2020 against the Raiders, Vegas had 35 rushes, 144 yards, 2 touchdowns. In the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers had 33 rushes, 145 yards, one rushing touchdown. In 2019, their loss against Tennessee, the Titans had 26 rushes, 225 yards, two touchdowns. Their 2019 loss against the Indianapolis Colts, the Colts had 45 rushes, 180 yards, one touchdown. Their 2019 loss against the Houston Texans, Houston had 41 rushes, 192 yards, three rushing touchdowns. Notice a trend there? All of those teams ran the football very, very, very successfully with a volume component to it. Tennessee had 26 for 225, which is a crazy amount of yards per carry. Derrick Henry killed them in that game. The other four games, the other team ran the ball at least 33 times, and look, we're talking 41 rushes for Houston, 45 rushes for the Colts. I'm not saying you just run the ball to run it. You have to be able to run it, you have to be able to do it a lot, and you have to be successful when you do it. Those five losses, the opposition had 180 carries, 886 yards, nine touchdowns per game. That's an average of 36 rushes, 177 yards, and two touchdowns, nearly five yards a carry, 4.92 yards per carry. So when you combine a successful rushing attack, both in terms of volume and success, with taking profits in the passing game, that's your offensive recipe to beat Kansas City. The Bills didn't do that. Week six, the Bills had 23 rushes, 84 yards. AFC Championship game, 18 rushes, 129 yards. Maybe you're thinking, wow, the Bills ran the ball 18 times for 129 yards against Kansas City. That's 7.2 yards per carry. That's a good job. Well, there's not enough volume there. 88 of those 129 rushing yards came from Josh Allen. Singletary had 6 for 17. TJ Yeldon had 3 for 15. And they weren't efficient in the passing game. 28 of 48 for 287. So you had 48 passing attempts to 18 rushing attempts. Most of the time, that's fine for me. Most of the time, that's the right script for the Bills. Not against Kansas City. You have to adjust the way you play the game. Successful running of the football, profits in the passing game. What do the Bills need to do in the offseason to evolve and adjust against Kansas City? Number one, develop the run game. You got to figure out the cause of why the Bills' run game struggled and adjust. If that's personnel, if you don't think the Bills have the right running backs, change it. If you don't think they have good enough run blocking, change it. If there's scheme evolution required to run the ball more effectively, change it. Maybe it's not just one of those things. Maybe it's two. Maybe it's all three. Take a hard look at the run game operation, figure out why it struggled, and make it better. Because if you're going to be Kansas City, you're going to have to lean on your ability to run the football. Number two, going back to the passing game, you have to incorporate the short passing game, into the offense more against Kansas City and find weapons that can produce after the catch. You need to find some guys that you can get the football into their hands, in space, and they can create yards for themselves. So you still get explosive plays in the passing game, but it's not necessarily because you threw the football far down the field. Kansas City has very good safety play from Juan Thornhill, Daniel Sorensen, and Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Those guys know how to stay leveraged. They know how to break on the football, and they're very disruptive down the field. What you want to do with those safeties is force, force them to come forward and make tackles. Give Josh Allen some guys that you manufacture touches to, that you have some... Route combinations, whether that's slant wheel, slant flat, lift coverage, have a drag underneath. You can do things in terms of your route combinations to help with the rhythm passing game. Cole Beasley, you know, he needs to be a big point of emphasis against Kansas City. The running backs out of the backfield. And then an Isaiah McKenzie type player. You guys know I love Kadarius Toney from Florida. He'd be perfect for manufactured space touches. Guys that can make people miss in space and create yards for themselves. So evolve the scheme to include more rhythm and timing passes that are within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage and introduce some players that can produce yards after the catch. I think that's The formula, that's the idea, the concept that Buffalo has to embrace offensively against Kansas City to have success. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Let's talk defense. What the Bills can do defensively to have more success against the Kansas City Chiefs. Easier said than done. Stopping Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Andy Reid, you know, the whole thing working together. that's a tough unit to stop, but I have some ideas. Let's get into them. Number one, you have to have coverage versatility. You can't just go in and play soft zone coverage. You need to be able to play some man coverage. Tampa Bay, part of what they did that enabled them to have success against Kansas City was they played two-man coverage. Two high safeties, man underneath. Funnel the passing game to the middle of the field, and they were in business. That, for the Bills, is going to require an upgrade at cornerback too. Bills have the safeties in Poyer and Hyde to play split zone coverage on the back end. No problem. But if you're going to have man coverage underneath, Levi Wallace ain't going to cut it. Josh Norman's not going to cut it. You need somebody with quick feet, loose hips, and the ability to turn and run. Anticipate routes, not just stay leveraged. Got to stay in the hip pocket and play sticky man coverage to all levels of the field. So, (laughs) That's not Levi Wallace. That's not Josh Norman. Those guys are fine against certain opponents, but if you want to beat Kansas City, you're going to need more dynamic traits from the starter opposite of Tredavious White. Now, you're still going to have safety help over top. You still have to play you know, that two-man shell over top. But there's route combinations that can be run that will isolate that player, Wallace, Norman, whoever, and force them into a situation where they're running vertically without help with Miko Hardman or Tyreek Hill, and that is a nightmare. If you want to play more man coverage, then you've got to have some personnel That can play man coverage. That ain't Levi Wallace. That ain't Josh Norman. CB2 has to be upgraded to introduce more traits and scheme versatility to be able to mix things up and play man coverage more frequently against the Kansas City Chiefs. Number two, organic pass rush. What I mean by organic pass rush is getting pressure on the quarterback with four rushers. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast. Patrick Mahomes kills the blitz. It's pointless to blitz him. He destroys it. You have to get pressure with four. That's pretty straightforward. You need to find four guys that you could put on the field that can win one-on-one pass rush battles and get home. So (laughs) if you don't think that's Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes and Ed Oliver and Quentin that whatever cast of characters you have, you got to figure it out. You got to come up with some different groupings. You got to improve the personnel. But the Bills have to do a better job of getting organic pressure on the quarterback. Number three, Kansas City has developed the short passing game. It's not just take away the deep throws from Patrick Mahomes and he drifts in the pocket and will make a poor decision or will throw the football away or he won't have you know the success he's capable of. Patrick Mahomes is more than just a guy that launches the football down the field. They have really evolved their scheme to include more in the short passing game in a lot of ways exactly what I'm talking about for the Bills. right? What we talked about in that first segment, Kansas City's done that. Patrick Mahomes in 2020 averaged 5.8 yards after the catch per completion. That's a lot. Nearly six additional yards per completion came after the catch for Patrick Mahomes. Third highest among NFL starters last year. Josh Allen's like in the bottom ten. So you have to understand that it's not just about staying leveraged over top and taking away the deep stuff. They can attack you underneath just as effectively. So two things come to mind there. Number one, you have to tackle. You have got to tackle well against that football team because they are very much feasting on yards after the catch. But number two, you have to have good linebackers in coverage. You cannot be manipulated by Patrick Mahomes' eyes. You can't drift in zones. Two major problems in the AFC Championship game. The Bills played soft zone coverage everywhere. Patrick Mahomes is great in terms of eye manipulation. Looking one way, forcing the zone coverage defenders to drift and slide with him. They vacate space that they're responsible for. And Patrick Mahomes has an answer, a target, in that space that they vacated. So part of what can help with that is playing more man coverage because your eyes are on the receiver and not the backfield, but you have to be disciplined and you can't be caught in between. And that's where Tremaine Edmonds lived in the AFC championship game. That has got to get better. So you have to change what you're doing with your underneath coverage You have to be more disciplined, and you have to stay connected to men that enter your zone. You can't drift, and you can't let Patrick Mahomes move you so easily. So you need to have that matchup space linebacker that can handle running backs out of the backfield, and that can handle Travis Kelsey. So, you know, like maybe that is that Buffalo nickel where you need that big positionless sub-package defender that can come in, carry tight ends, play man coverage over running backs, and improve your coverage spacing underneath. I think that's something that's going to be important for this football team. So what does this mean in terms of what the Bills need to do this offseason to make the necessary adjustments defensively To give them a better chance against Kansas City, number one, find a scheme versatile cornerback too. You need a guy that can play some man coverage opposite of Tredavious White. You need to solidify the pass rush up front. Whether that's J.J. Watt, Von Miller, Carl Lawson, Romeo Arquara, a draft pick, Somehow you have to be able to affect the quarterback better with four rushers. And number three, have a plan for who's playing next to Tremaine Edmonds. They have to be able to run, cover, tackle, and play in space. Not easy. That's not an easy thing for linebackers to do. And so if Matt Milano is going to walk, you need to find a skill set that can replace, and maybe even upgrade what you got from Matt Milano. So (laughs) A.J. Klein's not that guy. So if A.J. Klein's going to play early down reps, you better have somebody that can come on the field in sub and play in space and cover and chase and run and do all that stuff. And that goes hand-in-hand with Tremaine Edmonds becoming more sure in coverage. He was good in coverage in 2019, but he's got to refine himself a little bit in that department because that length should be a real asset to him in terms of working into throwing lanes and being disruptive at the catch point. It was in 19. We need to see that come back. The last thing I want to touch on today is comparing the Buccaneers defensive personnel to the Bills' defensive personnel, and this was actually submitted to me in a herd mentality question, and I said, hey, I like this idea, but I want to save it for this specific podcast uh, because I think it would kind of really kind of bring everything together. So let's just take a quick look at what Tampa has on defense. We'll look at all three levels of the defense, and I'll compare it to what Buffalo has. So first of all, you know, Tampa's a 3-4 base defense. So they have a different alignment. They have three down defensive linemen. For them, it's Ndamukong Su, Vita Vea, and William Golston. All of those guys are physical run defenders uh, that are really good at holding their ground, anchoring at the point of attack. Uh, They have good depth there, and Steve McClendon as well. And so when you have those type of bodies up front, it really does a lot for your linebackers. You know, they have Devin White and Levante David as their two primary off ball guys, and they're free to roam around and blitz and cover, and they're, you know, they're able to key diagnose and trigger and not deal with as much contact. So their their foundation up front is really different because they have big physical run defenders, guys that can anchor at the point, and then they have ex- you know, a, an experienced linebacker in Levante David, who's been one of the best in the game. Uh, for a long time now, and then Devin White, who is just a a freak in terms of athleticism, and uh, he's really good in terms of chasing and triggering and blitzing and playing in space. So those guys are good linebackers. They're more effective linebackers because of what they have in front of them. Now, that doesn't mean that Sue and Vea can't penetrate a little bit and pass rush. They can, but what they do is they really kind of compress the pocket and then they have really dynamic edge rushers in Shaquille Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. So when you take those guys up front that can kind of create that push and you have that speed and burst off the edge from Pierre-Paul and Barrett, you're able to affect the quarterback. Now, in the secondary, they have a, a nice safety pair in, in Jordan, uh, Jordan Whitehead, and you'll see some Mike Edwards back there. You know, two young, good safeties. I don't think they're nearly as good as Poyer and Hyde. So the Bills definitely have an edge when it comes to safety, but what they have at corner is really exciting. Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy, Bunting, all of those guys are long, athletic, physical, press man, cover corners that, you know, they can can play in some man coverage, get hands-on early and affect routes, but, you know, they can also play in zone. So they're versatile corners, guys that can do a lot of different coverage techniques but primarily get up in the face of receivers at the line of scrimmage, create jams, get hands on early, and throw off route timing. And then they have this dude, Antoine Winfield Jr., who they play all over in the secondary. They can go slot safety with him. They can play him as a true slot corner, play him in the box. So they have that versatile chess piece to kind of – play the matchups and affect their coverage spacing and give them more options. So to me, the the makeup of this group is different and it's probably more effective for matching up with the Kansas City Chiefs because I don't think you heard me talk about the Bucks personnel and how it all fits together and you probably weren't thinking there was a lot of similarities to what the Bills have where the Bills kind of have more smart players, you know, and, and cornerback guys that stay leveraged and don't give up big plays, but they don't have big long physical press corners that can turn and run with guys. They don't have linebackers like David and you know, Devin White. They don't have edge rushers that are JPP and Shaq Barrett. And they don't have anything up front in terms of those <laughs> those tanks, right? Vita Vea and Domicong Sue, Steve McClendon. William Golston, you know, long arms, heavy hands, big bodies. Just a different style, a different collection of skill sets. So not a whole lot of similarities between the two uh, defensive units. All right, folks, that'll do it for us today on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this. It's a tough question to answer. If it was easy to answer, then the Kansas City Chiefs would not be as good as they are, right? They're they're a damn good football team. They're elite. And they're what's in the way of the Buffalo Bills winning the AFC. So if that's the goal, right, winning the AFC, which it should be, you have to start thinking about the Chiefs and what you need to do with your personnel and your scheme to give yourself a better chance to win when you match up against them. And so, therefore, I thought it was very necessary to spend an entire episode detailing my ideas and keeping those themes in mind as Brandon Bean crafts this roster for the 2021 season. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you have a great weekend. As always, I kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, and I look forward to catching up with you again on Monday.